Stampede. Garner is in number 68. Recorded 1018 2020. Normally, I reserve comment about political parties or even individual candidates. The last time I openly endorsed a political candidate was many years ago, and that individual really didn't belong to either the Democratic or Republican Party. I did so because that person worked tirelessly to improve the safety of the American people, and he was a modest person who behaved differently than most politicians. He spoke with humility. But recently, I've been moved by what I've seen and heard coming from politicians today. So I'm not going to hold back what I feel about the people who supposedly are our leaders. Politicians, when elected to office, have power, and the public expects them to get things done. You want politicians to serve the people. If you want a new hospital built in your community, well, some politicians know how to figure that out. If you want a brand new school constructed in your neighborhood, well, that happens with the participation of a politician. But lots of things have changed since COVID-19 has come to America. If you're a politician held to the solemn responsibility of working for the people, then you should recognize the needs of the people you represent. Well, I can say I've lost all respect 
for each and every U.S. representative and each and every U.S. senator. The executive branch of this government, both of the sitting president and the candidate seeking to replace him. I've lost respect for Democrats and Republicans alike. I have contempt for nearly every politician I see and hear today. I don't like self-serving, pompous, backhanded, deceitful, two-faced people. Honesty, humility, and sacrifice aren't the qualities that define the people who have power in our government today. I'm a pacifist, but my anger toward these people is difficult to constrain. I used to believe I was fortunate to have been born in this country, but I would have no qualms about giving up my citizenship today. I can't tolerate the way some people conduct themselves here. This country is in serious trouble, and the people who have power to address the pain and suffering that exist only underscores the failure of the people at the top. It's their job to work for the people they represent. Today's politicians working in the federal government aren't concerned for the suffering caused by COVID-19. No, they're concerned about themselves. And why is that? Well, it comes from who these people are. They're very wealthy, often privileged people who have come to government by having the luxury of being wealthy or intend to become wealthier by the power bestowed on them and the offices they're elected to. They have 
in many ways bought their way into power. And in truth, their concerns aren't with the people. Their concerns are with retaining power or to gain control of power. And why do I say that? You see, this country is in serious debt. It owes over $26 trillion, and it's never, ever going to repay what it has borrowed. There are lots of reasons for that. But to suffice to say, economically, for the last 75 years, by and large, Americans have not suffered a collapse of the system. Sure, there are segments of the economy that have not prospered while others have. And even exorbitant wealth for a privileged few has developed. There have been what are called slowdowns or recessions. But what has been happening in the last eight months from COVID-19? Over 200,000 people dead, people thrown out of work, businesses forced to close, bankruptcies, evictions, a panoply of despair is unfolding in front of us. Politicians, for selfish reasons, refuse to agree upon a second assistance to the people suffering in this country.
And this is my point. It may not matter how much money is at stake, because attempting to borrow $2 trillion, $4 trillion, or for that matter, any amount of fiat money won't matter because it cannot, it will not ever be paid back. Our country is broke, and it won't matter how much money is distributed to people to lessen the pain that is racing through this country because of COVID-19. The facts are the people who are at the top have a lot to lose if the people can't be tricked into believing that everything is going to be all right. But it's not going to be all right. It's at the very heart of everything. The very question, what is money? And that's what's at stake here. What's clearly developing is a new form of currency to replace our fiat paper money. The money we've been using since 1913, when the Federal Reserve Bank was formed and issued money to the U.S. Treasury. For close to 100 years, the Federal Reserve Bank has created money for the U.S. Treasury. It was created after a series of financial panics in order to avoid a financial crisis. Over the years, its duties have expanded with supervising and regulating commercial banks. Recently, the Federal Reserve has kept money at nearly 0% and will probably do so for a long time, helping the federal government to continue borrowing money. To raise the interest rate would significantly increase the U.S. government's debt. It may not matter because if the Federal Reserve System restructures the process of transferring the money it creates, a new system will no longer exist with the use of fiat money, or what we call the U.S. dollar. Somewhere, somehow, the use of the money we people use in our everyday lives is going to stop. And this is what I think is going to happen. Instead of servicing the U.S. government's debt, the Federal Reserve is going to turn directly to the commercial banks, flooding them with interest-free money. It will be equivalent to a debtor's jubilee.
What I believe is going to happen is that paper money will be replaced with credit transactions for payment of services and goods will be done through the banks and it will be done through credit, not cash. In the future, the Federal Reserve will distribute money to four or five large commercial banks at 0% interest and the banks will distribute that money to everyone in the form of credit. The federal government will be issued a new line of credit replacing its present debt. It'll be a radical plan to restructure a present condition that can't continue and it will most likely be painful. Taxation will be done through the banks, placing a monthly charge of interest on the credit units issued. In effect, the federal government will be removed from the equation of issuing and collecting money. The banks will get money from the Federal Reserve at 0% interest and in turn will issue units of credit for goods and services and charge an interest each month, a form of taxation. This is, of course, all speculation on my part, but whatever happens, it's obvious there's going to be a major restructuring to the American economy, and the U.S. federal government won't be able to continue running the economy. Big issues like Social Security, disaster assistance, health care, pension funds, or any other number of programs will be all part of the credit system. You'll be issued units of credit, and you'll be paid in units of credit. It'll be digital money, not paper money. And if that happens, there may be a cancellation of our previous debt, both public and private. Everyone's debt will be forgiven. The U.S. federal debt will simply disappear. Of course, the alternative is that the Federal Reserve does nothing. And if that's the case, it won't matter if the government is $26 trillion or $50 trillion in debt and continues to distribute fiat money, paper money, to everyone. But somehow there will be consequences for that.
The facts are all there for everyone to see. Increased deficits, decreasing life expectancy, lessening of educational proficiencies, artificially inflated stock markets, continual street violence, record business closures. The facts are all there for everyone to see. It's undeniable that something bad has happened, and it's affecting millions of people right now. And the politicians who are at the top have been unwilling to reach an agreement in helping millions of Americans for very selfish partisan political reasons. COVID-19 has dramatically changed how we live, and it may continue to affect us for a very long time. There are people in power who would try to convince you that everything will be all right. Well, it's not going to be all right. Consumerism, the basis for how this country's economy has worked for the last 50 years, has been seriously damaged. And there are a lot of attempts to prevent that from being recognized. The fact that some people, specifically certain politicians who hide behind their power, saying they're unwilling to allow assistance to millions of people because it will send the wrong message of self-reliance and may threaten the principles on which this country's economy stand are hypocrites. They should realize they have participated in what has caused a moral and social debasement long before COVID-19 came to this land, a society of greed, violence, and corruption, the dumbing down of values. And they now say they stand on principle, complicit in not helping millions of people thrown out of work, evicted from their homes, forced into bankruptcies, faced with increased rates of suicide. It is those people, and I mean people of wealth and privilege, who say they're refusing to help because it will damage the economic base of this country. Well, those people should realize they can't continue to believe they will be safe and secure with who they are. The whirlwind is coming, and in many ways, they've created it. They've lived by human behavior that should never have been permitted to exist in the first place.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Michael Giacchino's composition from the 2015 movie Jurassic World. Welcome to Jurassic World. Giacchino incorporated John Williams' original theme from the 1993 movie Jurassic Park. You then heard another incidental piece of music from the same movie, Barry the Hatchling, followed by a cut from Act Two of the opera Prince Igor by Alexander Borodin, the Polazian Dance. Borodin died in 1887 before the opera was finished. It was first performed in 1890 after Rimsky-Korsakov and Alexander Glazunov completed the work. You then heard three different works from the 2015 movie Elysium, composed by Ryan Amon, Heaven and Earth, Matilda, and The Raven. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.